wanting to step up to the microphone, but we step up for our faith that the commandments of God can you should. Study in Romans, done over Zoom. I hope y'all enjoy. Oh. Rest in love, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes out, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the angels near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh, my soul, I worship your holy name.
Thank you, Matt. Thank you very Beautiful. much. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, Brother Lyman. Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, Baba, creator of all, thank you so much, Father, for all that you do for us on a daily basis. Thank you so much for your many blessings, many gifts gift of redemption and salvation through Yeshua, gift of this fellowship, these wonderful believers. Father, your gift of guidance and your strength carries us through your understanding and your wisdom and your fruits of the spirit that you give us that help us. Thank you so much for these things. Father, I humbly pray and ask you that you guide us today for this evening in this study of Paul's writings, that you help us fully understand your truths in this word, and that we we're able to have a meaningful conversation and learn from each other and carry that knowledge and retain it. Father, we ask that you bless this meeting, this fellowship, and give us any extra insights that might help us in our kingdom way of living. We praise you and we love you so much. And we thank you. We ask that you please forgive us of our trespasses and help us to forgive those who trespass against us. Have grace and mercy on us. Father, in closing, in Yeshua's name I pray, please remove the scales from many more people and help us to guide them to your way. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. Um, Dad? Still around? Yep. Yeah, I'm here. Would you like to lead us off? All right. One second. All right. Okay. It says, um, Romans 1. So yes, we're okay. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the God, uh, under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among who are you also the called of jesus christ to all that be in rome beloved of god called to be saints grace to you and peace from the father and the lord jesus christ first i thank my god through jesus for through jesus christ for all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if it by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. 
for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, that the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of both you and me. Now I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some, uh, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among the Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So much as so much as in me is I am all ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation that everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power in Godhead so that they are without excuse because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their uh, imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who, cha who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and served the creature more than a creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them unto vile affections, for even their women did, did change the natural use into that which was against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another man, with men working that which is unseemly in receiving in themselves the recompense of the heir which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which is not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, uh, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection and implacable unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only to do the same but have pleasure in them to do them 
I'm bringing my first thing. Oh, go ahead, Dustin. Uh, sorry, I didn't raise my hand. I just, You're um, good. So, in in your text, this says reprobate. In my text, I find it fascinating, and I enjoy this translation. It says a worthless mind. You using the HCSB? Uh, the scriptures, ISR. Okay, my yeah, HCSB like says the same thing. I like <laughs> Yeah, give them to. That's actually what I was going to bring up. <laughs> which verse? Uh, that is twenty-eight. I'm in, I'm in New King James, so it's like, or sorry, ESV, so it's completely different. So, that's kind of like what he did to Pharaoh, right? He let his heart be hardened. He gave him over because he knew he wasn't going to change. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yep. Did you uh, guys see? Sure. No good. Do you guys have anything else to discuss in this chapter, or is it open? Oh, to yeah. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Open. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't want to step quickly. on anyone's toes. Hmm? Does anybody want any cross references quickly? <laughs> or are we good with them? Um. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you or Lyman, do you want to go first and then let Max go through the cross-references? Yes. I, I yes. don't mind either way. I can always put in cross-references in a chat afterwards and just log them down for people to re-go through if need uh, be. I don't, I don't mind. Or I can put them in the comments actually in here if you want any cross-references as we go through. Do, do we want to go verse by verse and then as a cross-reference appears, go hit it at that point? Sure. Would that be easier? That'd be good. Okay, shall I throw it in the chat and people will just keep an eye rather than just because then anybody can put in whatever then, can't they? Instead yes, of interrupting. Yeah. Okay, I okay. only have one cross reference, so not a problem, dude. I will um I'll just shove in the ones that I've got here for the moment and then yeah, carry on reading or doing what we're doing. I wish my um Typing fingers. Hang on. Copy. Go to the chat. I forgot this to tell everyone in here uh, before we started that we are, if no one's uncomfortable, nobody's comfortable with me, let us know now that we are recording this and Aaron does some podcasts later so that we can go back and anybody can hear it. So if nobody's comfortable with that, please let us know. Thanks. Oh, no, you, gotta leave, man. You, you can't record me. I want to buy the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm just kidding. Protection. I'm just kidding. I know. It's, I know. it's the two witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure everyone knows that they're being recorded so that they're not surprised. So. Anyways, carry on. So I wanted to quickly point out on verse five, it does say through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. And if you go to the inner linear, 
obediences, obedience <laughs> to the faith, pistis, which is Greek for conviction of the truth of anything. So that right there seems like a pretty drastic um, statement by Paul saying it's not just faith, it's obedience to the faith, the, the believing in God and all that is. You get where I'm going, the commandments? Mm -hmm. Okay. We, we all know that, but just curious if you guys noticed that right away. Because it's a, it goes back to, um, we, goes back to uh justification and sanctification you know you're uh how do i explain it the best way the salvation justified by salvation but we're sanctified you know it's a sanctification process once we have been given the gift you know then we start walking and i think it's obedience once you accept it yeah accept it once you accept the gift you know because it's to everybody, it's to the whole world. He sent his son to die for the whole world that whoever believes in him. And I think that word for belief is accepting that gift. And then your sanctification process starts. Yep. And yeah, uh, this is this is for everybody. And I just don't know why people can read scripture like that and miss the obedience part to the faith and not so i think it comes down to um a lot of people are given preconceived ideas before they even actually read it themselves so when the preconceived ideas are even put in their head and then they go to read it then they're like oh well, that's what that person's saying that's what that means versus them going with a, just a, a blank slate going in and reading it and that's where a lot of the problem lies versus you lineman you had an open slate when you came in man you were just like you read it and you're like this makes sense, you know, versus someone that's already been had all these preconceived ideas, say 10, 20 years. It's a lot harder for them. I can imagine. I'm going to mute and let you guys go because I know you guys are itching to, to share. Oh, no, no. no. Everyone, everyone, by all means, please talk. What, I want what, verses, what, what verses you going through tonight? What are you studying? We're going through Romans. So we're in Romans. We just read Romans chapter one. And we're just going through Romans. Um, we're going to be going through Paul's letters on Thursday nights. Um, we do the Torah portions on Saturday nights. And then on Sunday mornings, we do um, Aaron's doing the Gospels. Um, so we can kind of get a little bit of everything right now. So everyone has the way it's bringing all of it together. But if no one else has anything else to say, okay, Dad. But after that, um, if anybody else, no one has anything else to say in here. Let Max loose to go. She's going to pull a bunch of cross references and read them to y'all. Go ahead, Ed. I just want to point out, like, uh, verse 21 says, because, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And it just reminds me of John, I think it's 3, 19 through 21, where it says, but men love darkness rather than the light. And they don't come to the light because their deeds will be reproved, you know, unless they want their deeds to be reproved. And it takes me back to the children in the wilderness. They fell because of unbelief, you know, their hearts were darkened. So I think like unrighteousness 
darkened, unfaithful, you know, wickedness. It all, those words are all synonymous together. So as you read, you, you know, they, like the word light and the word walk and, you know, all these, all these words are synonymous in truth, you know, with, with each other. So that's all I want to say. Oh, can I add? That's awesome. I wanted to add something just before verse 21. If you look at 19 and 20, because what may, what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Because being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is when people say, well, what about those pygmies on the island that have never heard the gospel, right? This is, I think this directly points to that and says, every person in creation knows what's right and wrong that moral kind of internal compass that that part of our dna that we just know there's a god and we know that you know doing this is is right or wrong i think that's what he's pointing at right there it's just my take on that i don't know if you guys have thought that when reading that does anybody else have anything else to add to brother Monman? All right, sister. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead with your cross references. I know you got all of them. Do your thing. Dude, you're going to have to give me a minute. I'm just running around. <laughs> I'm like I'm crazy for the minute, but I will be. I'm going to throw them in the, the uh, chat bit, if that's okay. all right. Yeah, that's fine. However you want to do it. Maybe like, bring those up. I know you're like, like, like a supercomputer when it comes to cross references. It's this Bible. It's this one Bible. And I've, ha- I've got so many Bibles, but this one Bible I've been using for eight years, but every single time I've studied anything, and granted, I will pull out other ones, but this is the one I write everything in. So it's just full of handy information that I found out over the last like eight years, just dedicated to this one, one book. It's great. Wow. Awesome. What's it? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Um, does anybody else want to bring anything else up? Any questions about this chapter? Pretty simple. It's like an introduction to, I mean, just like a cover letter. I mean, it's the introduction to him coming in before he starts to really get into speaking. And remember, as we read through these letters, for any of the new people in here, that it's a letter. So when he gave these letters, it was like you read the whole the whole book of romans that's what you're reading that was the, that was the letter you know so whoever sat down and read this was reading the whole thing you know and they're reading out the whole thing at once i'm pretty sure I'm, I'm sure that's how they did it so and remember also that punctuation and chapters and headings and all these other things were not in there before it all just flowed together so just keep that in mind as you read through this too Um, who would like to pick up chapter two? Hey, Mama. What are you doing? Yeah. I would if I wasn't cooking. <laughs> okay. I w- would because it's probably noisy in here in a second. That's why I'm not really reading right now. 
so I can mute whenever I have to. Anybody else? I can read it if you'd like. Okay, thank you, Josh. Just the whole chapter because I don't have verse numbers here. I can pull up a different one if need be. Yeah, you can read. It, you can read it the whole thing. If y'all want to stop somewhere, just stop. Don't want to bring up anything. Yeah, you can just go straight through it. All right. Okay. Therefore, you have no excuse, oh man, every one of you who judges, for passing judgment on another one, or another, you condemn yourself, sorry, I read that funny, in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same thing, i.e. lawlessness, I've got notes here, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice, practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impatient heart, you are soaring up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's judge, righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works or deeds. Those who by endurance in doing good seek glory and honor and incorruptibility will he give eternal life. For those who are seeking or are self-seeking being selfish in do not obey the truth, the law, but obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for everyone who does evil, for the Jew first and also the Greek or Gentile. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, for the Jew first and then the Greek, for God shows no no partiality has no favorites. Let's see. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who, who are righteous before God, but those, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles do not have the law, or who for Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires. They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show the, the work of the law that is written in their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse them and defend them on that day, judgment day, when according to my gospel, God's judgment, the secret of men by... Uh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I've got different wording here, so I'm translating. <clears throat> Do you want to stop here? Or? Yeah, I was going to say, we need to stop right here. There's a lot here. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit here. I've got too many notes, but you know, anybody who has something to say here. Let anybody else go, let's go first. Raise hand. I know someone's probably itching to talk about this. All right, there we go. 
Go ahead, Dustin. I just want to point out uh, the first thing that uh, came to mind was that there's no partiality between uh, the Jews and the Greek. Um, and the way that I perceive that is because uh, the Greek, the Gentiles being grafted in, they become part of Israel. Therefore, there's no esteem of one or the other. We are all one people group. You know what I mean? That's right. Just whoever does his his will, his behavior, right? Regardless of your blood. Amen. Yep. Amen. Go ahead, Dad. Um, I want to add to that. Um, Cornelius, um, he was a Gentile, and his household in his household they feared the Lord. And basically, the definition, according to Proverbs, of fearing the Lord is keeping the commandments. Right. And um, uh, all right, let me go back. Let's see. Oh, it says triple it says um <laughs> hey lena <laughs> it says um to them who be patient uh continuance and well-doing seek the glory and honor of immortality and eternal life but unto them the contentious and that do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness and the nation and wrath and you know we're supposed to practice um we're supposed to practice righteousness. And back in in um, 13, it says, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Um, nobody, we've all sinned. And that's, I just want to bring this scripture up because this was used on me a couple of days ago to say, you know, um, somebody had said, well, the, you know, nobody be just for, for keeping the law. And I get that because we've all broken it. Only one person's not broken God's law. But God's shown us grace through our faith that if we practice it, according to John 2.29, that we will be, those who practice righteousness can rest assured that they're born of him, you know. And just a, some more of this language that it talks about um, unrighteousness, indignation, wrath, you know, and it associates it to not obeying the truth. And we all know what the truth is. Um, what is it? Uh, Psalm 119, 142, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is the truth. And that was Yeshua. All, he, he is the truth. Um, but then in the, in the other verse, it talks about, um, you know, well-doing and seek the glory and honor of God. And it just reminds me of that verse of uh, Matthew 5, 16. It says, let your light shine before men so they can see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And which brings us to repentance. You know, it's all about repentance, repentance from sin, figuring out what your sin is and repenting. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. I'd like to point out, um, <clears throat> So he talks about today they're storing up their wrath, right? And the righteous judgment is revealed and it will pay each one according to his works, right? This brings me back to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler was told by Yeshua, you know, asking what he was lacking and he told him what he was lacking, right? 
this comes back to going back to alms when alms giving when we give alms and we pay alms which you should never try to pay your way into heaven or anything like that but when we store up our treasures on in heaven rather than on earth where we help others and we do good by the our works right because this will be judged by our works um in that day some are storing up wrath some of us are storing up treasure in this sense so i don't know if that helps at all right there for y'all and also um it says all those who sin without the law will also perish without the law and all those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law for the hearers of the law are not not righteous before god but the doers of the law declared righteous so this goes like even back to the church it kind of reminds me so when the gentiles who do not have the law instinctively um, i can't say it right now my mouth is dry do what the law demands right so they automatically do it out of a good heart right because he's going to judge them uh, from right here shows the law themselves even though they do not have the law they show their work of the law is written on their hearts so he's judging their hearts at the point that what's inside their heart so the people in the say in the church setting right the people that don't know and they truly believe and they're really trying right the gentiles because i would consider the church the gentiles honestly and they're really thinking that they're doing good. You know, that's where I think it comes down to the heart condition where we'll be judged according to our heart. And none of us are here to say, you know, at the end of the day, who enters the gates and who doesn't, because um, we can't make the judgment call. But this right here reminds me of the church whenever I look at this. But that's all I have to say. Could I add to that? Yes, sir. Um... I guess this is unpopular opinion or interpretation or what have you, at least from what I've especially read from the law and the prophets and even Paul is this, how this term Gentile used to be used and then became later on where it kind of became a derogatory term towards anybody who wasn't them, right? Who they called themselves those chosen people or what have you, right? Um, when really, as I, you know, try to explain before where, you know, the nation of Israel wasn't a nation under a, a king here. It was a nation to be under a king above. Whereas the Gentiles, the nations were those who did have kings and, and went by their own laws and their own rule, right? Um, so to call someone a Gentile was literally just to call them a non-believer, right? Someone who didn't believe in the creator's law and behavior and what have you, or didn't know about it or what have you, right? So I would say that those who are consciously aware of the father understanding, you know, the creator and what have you, whether they're technically, you know, Torah observant or what have you, they're probably already doing most all of it, right? They just have all their lingo wrong or just are kind of, you know, slightly misunderstood or what have you. But I would say that they are Israel. They are doing the will of the Father, and they are Israel, right? The Gentiles would be the ones who are clearly doing the exact opposite behavior, and they're doing the, the works and deeds of the nation of the world, right? So the same phrase of, you know, not of this world, right? My kingdom's not of this world because his kingdom, just like every patriarch before, viewed 
the same thing, that their home was not here. Same with Abraham, called himself a sojourner, right? Even though he was in the land that was, you know, quote unquote, given to him, he understood it wasn't the land because he was still looking for the place that was built by the father, right? It was not built by human hands, right? As it says in Hebrews and what have you. Um, so to call someone a Gentile believer is kind of an oxymoron. Um, a Gentile who happens to accidentally do, as in, you know, Romans 2 is explaining here, who happens to accidentally do good behavior without knowing the law is basically judged by how much they know and judged by their deeds, right? Um, so that's generally, I would say, what Paul is more so referring to is people who not are trying to do horrible behavior, but are just not taught by the law is referring to these Gentiles, but those who are like the centurion or what have you, the, the Italian, that he was of Israel. He was very conscious of what he was doing and he was trying to learn more. He wasn't accidentally doing anything, right? He was learning from those who were around him and trying to learn from the quote unquote Jews, but they you know, were very much not open to doing that because they were told not to, right? Um, if you weren't born, of so-and-so and so-and-so, then they didn't want to consider you part of Israel when it was never like that, even with, say, back in Abraham's time or even literally Israel's time, um, Jacob's time. Anybody could come into the covenant by doing the terms of the covenant. The terms of the covenant was the behavior of the father. You do the terms, you, you get, you know, the terms of that covenant, which would be eternal life as well, if you did the will of the father, basically. And um, you could leave all of that worldly acts behind at any point and, and join in, which is where a lot of their servants came from, where they would, you know, give away all of that, that stuff and give away their whole life, basically, and go, go work for someone for free, effectively, and then usually stay with them after those six years, right? Because they understood that it was a good behavior, that they were someone worth following, um, so that they entered the kingdom, they became part of Israel, whether their blood was from whoever, whatever. I mean, we all come from Adam and Noah to begin with, right? So we're all part of that creation of the Father, regardless of how you look at it. There was no, okay, I'm only going to choose these people from now on, and that's it. That wasn't supposed to be what it was about. It was, I'm going to choose these people because they're, you know, the best place to start with let's say they're the ones that are going to lead by example in order to get others to start following by their example um but to not say oh only people who are born of of jacob and his sons right it was nothing to do with that it, that was the starting point right um you know same with uh, when they came into the you know quote-unquote land of israel even though they were technically within the boundaries of the promised land even in goshen um, they were already in it the whole time, but they were going to the land of Canaan because that was actually taken um, away from Shem. So it was not actually part of their promise. But um, the people that they went in there, they gave them the option to to do their their law or leave. Or if they were that stubborn, they were going to die, right? They were going to be wiped out from the land. So they gave them the option, at least when the father said, yeah, give them the option. Otherwise, he would say, Nope, there's no chance for them. They're all too wicked, you know, giants or what have you. Take out everything, animals and everything, right? Um, other times, they there were certain people that did accept and they joined 
in with them. So there was no, hey, you're not of my blood. You don't belong here. This is my land. Get out. You know, and that, that has kind of carried with this kind of pride over time to where by the time we get here, you know, 2000 years ago, it's become a very prideful thing, especially with, you know, how the Pharisees were kind of teaching this to where, oh, we are Israel. Everyone else is doomed, right? Unless they, you know, got circumcised or whatever, but they weren't trying to teach the law to them. They were just trying to sell them something effectively, um, which is what Paul had to go and try to undo all of this bad teaching and, and what have you. And um, so it became this derogatory term to call someone a Gentile because you were effectively cursing them to be you know, destroyed in the second death, that they had just no chance because they weren't part of Israel, even if they were doing the behavior of Israel. So that's where this kind of Gentile language can get kind of you know, uh, touchy, I guess, right? Because, you know, even to call ourselves, you know, a Gentile believer would be a bad thing because now you're saying that those who call themselves Jews or of whatever tribe of Israel, whether they have any proof of it whatsoever or not, that they're somehow above or already like in, <laughs> in the covenant or something like that, but you have to do all this extra work or you're secondary or something like that. It comes off kind of bad, I guess, right? It, again, that, that to be called the Gentile, right? Because we're not of the nation because we're not doing the things of the nation. We're doing the things of the father of the kingdom to come. So just you know, putting that out there for. Thank you, Josh. Does anybody have anything to add to that or? No. Mom is on. I'm losing my voice here. So if anyone else wants to read from wherever I left off. Okay, would anybody like to, uh, someone else is coming in? Would someone like to pick up at 217, Romans 217? Uh, it's kind of noisy in my house, so I'm not really reading right now. I can, um, if that's easier. You got a line or you want me to do it? Uh, you can go ahead, Jimmy. I'll read the next one. I like the shorter ones. Okay, <laughs> okay uh, seven, verse 17. Uh, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and retest in the law, and makest thou boast, boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself are a guide of the blind and a light to them that which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore, which teachest another, that thou teachest thyself, thou preachest a man should not steal, dost, do you steal? That thou sayest a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, do thou commit sacrilege? sacrilege? Um, I hate the English here. <laughs> thou that makest thy boast of the law, through the breaking of the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision is, is verily, verily profiteth if thou keep the law. 
But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made a numb circumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter of circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is one outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not of the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Okay, who wants to bring up something first? I was just going to say that there was a quote where he said, it is written. I have Isaiah and Ezekiel. It looks more of a direct quote from Isaiah 52.5. Just to note, if anyone wants to read it, they can. Or I have it here. What was it? Isaiah what? 52.5 or Ezekiel 36.22. I have I it Masoretic and Septuagint here. I love the Septuagint, so I have it with me. All right, fifty-two-five says, "Now therefore, uh, what I, what have I here?" saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught, that they rule over them, make them howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. And what was the other one? Ezekiel thirty-six. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-two. Yeah. Looks like it reads a little differently here. It says, therefore, say unto the house of Israel, thus saith to the Lord God, I do not, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. Mm -hmm. They went whoring after other gods. They were, yeah, they were just, uh, God scattered them. And it's like we're in the same situation right now. Um, we've been scattered. And do we go out in front of this this nation here? Because this is just one of the nations. And profane the word of God. And say, you know what? God didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, you don't have to keep the Sabbath. Yeah, you, you can eat pork. You can do what, you know. And that's what they did. And they basically profaned his name. There's a yeah, lot so in that, that defines what the Gentiles are and what they what they do, right? They they do these wicked things and they say that the father says this when he didn't, or what have you, and mock the father and twist his words and change his instructions and things like this, right? They they twist it to their own liking, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say that that's what the Gentiles do. So that would be you know, again, word of caution to call yourself a Gentile because it's kind of calling yourself unlawful. You know, it kind of brings up in uh, the latter verses here was talking about the circumcision and the uncircumcision, talking about, you know, the Gentiles who are uncircumcised in the flesh do the things that are in the law. Shouldn't they be counted, you know, for a circumcised heart, you know? And that's what the Jews were doing is they were going around trying to 
the circumcision party was going around trying to circumcise people so they could boast in their flesh and we, we you know we gained another convert and but they were profaning god all along you know you, you mind if i comment on this jimmy because it yeah go ahead, got a personal heavy touch <laughs> right um my first passover i really struggled with this and these these passages right here really helped um one thing to point out besides the physical aspect of the circumcision is verse 28 for he is not a jew who is one outwardly nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh and by the word jew he just means israelite right yeah yeah. Because at that time he was speaking to the Romans and all there was was Jews, Judah and the Romans. So basically that's, and I know there's a cross-reference there to Abraham's seed because just because you were born of Abraham doesn't make you Israel because he can make those stones sons of Abraham, right? Yeah. Um, so he's saying just because you're, you're a Jew and circumcised on the outside doesn't make you an Israelite, you know, and in the inverse and well, not the physically uncircumcised. If he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law. He's saying right there, one of these Greeks who are uncircumcised could be judging them. So that's amazing in the prophetic sense. Um, that gave me great peace as far as, you know, the, the physical circumcision part that on a spiritual level, that's not what God cares about. He doesn't care about your flesh. He, he cares about what's in your heart. And are you truly circumcised of the heart and trying to do his will, trying to be obedient, you know, just for like verse 26. So right. that is, I've actually highlighted this in my app to to retain for later for that topic you know the discussion that's a good one um also it, you know the circumcision of the heart goes all the way back to deuteronomy 30 14 where it says uh but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it because he you know he had just given the blessings and the curses and you know he said life and good and death and evil you have a you choice. 30, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy what? Sorry. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, it says, But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. So it's about, he's always, it's about a circumcised heart. Because God gives us a choice. It has nothing to do with the flesh. You know, that comes later. And it could never come. But it's about your, your heart. And... The Pharisees, you know, they, you know, some of these Pharisees, they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't have a heart, <laughs> you know. Also, I'm just going to go ahead and bring up something, you know, further up in Romans, uh, Romans six sixteen, it says, um, uh, "Know you not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death, which is also what he's saying in the." blessings and the curses um you either are you know he set before you life and good or death and and sin or life and good, death and evil and it says um 
your servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. And we just talked about obedience in the first chapter. But be God thanked that you are the servants of sin, but have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine was delivered, which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. And I think that goes back to the sanctification process. Once we were sinners, we believe, we, we accepted the free gift of salvation that Yeshua shed his blood on the cross and he bought us with his own blood. You know, he wasn't like this medieval sacrifice. He did something for us as our brother. And then, you know, we're purchased with that blood. And he says, be God, thank that you were servants of sin. Now, you, Paul's, Paul used to say, uh, he said, I would have not known what covetous was if I had not known the law. So thank goodness we, we knew we, we were in sin. And now we were coming out of that sin with the, with the help of God and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would also read something, too. Um, Jeremiah 4, 4 says, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, remove the foreskin of your hearts, men of Judah and um, residents of Jerusalem. Otherwise, my wrath will break out like fire and burn with no one extinguishment because of your evil deeds. I find it interesting that in, uh, wasn't it uh, uh, Joshua that they all had to do it before crossing over? Like in the wilderness, it didn't matter, but then once they went to cross over, they had to do it, all right? Yep, you're talking about when they went into, uh, when they marched around Jericho? When they crossed over the Jordan? Did they have to do it right after? They, um, it was, right it, was, it was before they went, before when they blew the shofars around uh, Jericho and they went up into this holy, into the city. And to me, that's a, um, I just want, I want to add something to that real quick because it's funny because the ones that were in the wilderness didn't teach their children that. So, Joshua had to circumcise his whole house before they took the land. And, and, all, okay. and what's that? I just want to add real quick. Remember, yeah. it wasn't just Hebrews or Israelites. It was a mixed multitude that came out of Egypt. Yeah. So yeah, you, had, you had houses that were mixing and blending and, and yeah. they all became part of Israel. It's, all, so. it's always been like that. Yeah, because there's no commandment in Torah. The commandment in Torah is you, the sojourner. You're supposed to treat them like your fellow brethren and take care of them, you know. And but he circumcised his whole house, and this is a this is a foreshadow of if when we go into the kingdom, doesn't matter. You're going to get a new body, you know. You're going to be circumcised before you go into the kingdom. I think it's Isaiah, or I'm sorry, Ezekiel 44, verse 9. It says, nobody uncircumcised in the heart of flesh will enter the sanctuary of God. 
but that's in your immortal body. Hmm. Something just one, hit huh? me. Something that's just hit me. One, huh? <laughs> yes. How about this? Do you remember when Moses was at the burning bush and he said, remove your sandals for your unholy ground? Right. Remove your foreskin because you're on holy ground. It's like removing the sandals. Oh, Same with the circumcised of the heart. You're cutting that away and removing it because you're in the presence of holy, the Holy Spirit. Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. You know, I don't know. Sometimes we focus on things that God will definitely reveal to us as we go along in our walk and he knows what you know what we can withstand what we can't and um it's just funny I, I i just look at the picture of joshua and that right there is exactly what yeshua is going to do all, all the little stories back there you know is what yeshua is going to do in the new kingdom and this this beautiful foreshadow. Can I read that part of Joshua since we're on that? Please right. do. Um, here I'll just because oh, not myself. How do I put this? Well, you're pulling it up. I want to read one to Um, says, however, this is First Corinthians seven seventeen. However, each one must live his life in the situation to the Lord's sign. And God called him, this is what I command in all the churches. Was anyone already circumcised uh, when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Circumcision does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter, but keeping God's commands do. Amen. Baby, he doesn't like that. Quit. So here's, here's what they would have use something like this to circumcise everybody can i just say ouch yeah late night um and it's funny because they called this place the hill of the foreskins because of how many people were circumcised <laughs> it probably literally create, <coughs> created a hill but yeah let me try to see if i can read this. So it gives the reason why they got circumcised here. It says, this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them all. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, the men of war, had died in the wilderness. And on the way, <clears throat> after they came out of the, came out of Egypt, <clears throat> the, all the people who came out of Egypt had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born all along the way in the wilderness after they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised, for the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nations, the men of war who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Father. Um, <clears throat> so here's where it kind of gets interesting. So this is kind of a something I've pointed out before but this kind of has a twofold meaning here so this is Yahuwah swore to them that he would not let them see the land that 
Yahuwah had sworn to their fathers to give us the land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children who had raised up in their place that Joshua had circumcised, or they all were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Anyhow, so basically he's saying, you're not going to enter this land until you get circumcised. So he's using this as a physical representation of the resurrection. So he, because the resurrection is concerted, considered circumcision, right? Um, it is the true circumcision. It's what circumcision represents. And the land flowing with milk and honey is the New Jerusalem. So those who enter New Jerusalem, even those who are not resurrected, that will enter for certain feast days and the males who have to present themselves three times a year of the survivors will have to be circumcised to come in, right? Um, physically circumcised, while those who are resurrected are circumcised. So all that are in that land, period, will be circumcised. So this was, you know, a physical representation to show that this is how important this is. Nobody else, nobody will enter that's not circumcised, right? Um, clearly, it's not just about cutting off skin. It's it's about what that represents, right? It's the circumcision of, of the flesh. So you're cutting off your fleshly body and, and you're putting on, you know, your body of righteousness effectively, right? Your glorified body. Um, and that is the land flowing with milk and honey. So because this land, the land of the king, Canaanites was not the real promised land, right? This was them taking back the land that was promised to Shem, which was supposed to be, you know, of their descendant. So this was them taking back their rightful land versus the land that they were in were, you know, Ham's land and Japheth's up, up north. So this was not the true promised land. And this is something, you know, again, that Abraham understood. He was still looking for the new Jerusalem. He was looking for this, this city that was built by God. Um, and that is also described as being the land with milk and honey. So this is just a, a small, tiny representation, a shadow of things to come of the resurrection. So, Josh, I love you. Sorry if I talk too much or what have you. No. <clears throat> no. So, you know, a lot of these 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 really odd events like this are usually some sort of shadow of things to come, right? There's a reason why these things are happening. It's not just he wants you to test you by doing something weird, by making you do something this uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Um, let alone probably, you know, relatively out in public and just one guy after the next, they're probably not taking their time with it. <laughs> Who knows how many people. But yeah, this was all for a reason. It was to show those people, this is what you're dedicated to. This is what it's going to be like when the kingdom gets here. You guys need to behave in that behavior of the kingdom in order to get into the kingdom, right? So it's almost like that kind of like a catch-22 thing, but you have to do the behavior of the kingdom before you can enjoy the behavior of the kingdom. I don't know, kind of a weird way of putting that, but um, yeah, so... This was, again, just another example. He used this land of Canaan as almost like a metaphor, a physical metaphor of the land to come, right? Even though when you look at the borders of the so-called promised land, it's really just giving you the size of the New Jerusalem, and they never left it. Even while in Egypt, they never left it because it's from the Nile, you know, eastward. 
So they were always in that promised land and that promised land was the land of Shem that was promised to, to Shem, but the actual promised land to those of the covenant is the New Jerusalem. I like to add something to that. Like uh, the story of Joseph where he has, he gives all the provisions. Um, that's also another foreshadow of the kingdom to come. You know, it's like when the kingdom sets down, where's everybody going to go to? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know exactly. Joseph is a huge representation of that, even of the Messiah himself, right? Yeah. Well, didn't Yeshua say... What's that? Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, didn't Yeshua say he goes to prepare a place for us? Yep. Mansion yes. with many rooms, something along those lines? Yep, that's right. And there'll be extreme famine whenever, uh, when the kingdom gets here and we'll, you know, the ones resurrected will be going out to help those people and feed everybody. And they'll go to the city for, for comfort, whether they're camping outside or what have you, um, for refuge. And yeah, so it was a very big representation of that. Even Joseph himself, um, he's one of the few guys who is never written about him doing something wrong right he always just stays on that path of righteousness so you know everybody else is messing up abraham and jacob and all these guys but you don't see jo joseph do that at least what's written right you know he stays true the whole whole time no matter the situation he was in right right that's right the only time i saw anything to do with joseph that made me go Huh. Was with the two sons when they received the blessing, and he's like, "No, father, he's the oldest. This should be the blessing." And he's yeah, like, "True, nope, I'm doing it this way." And he was like, oh, "Okay, I got corrected." To me, that yeah, was like point. the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his father corrected him, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, he was just following the the tradition there. The you know, what was default there. And he's like, nope, this is the way it's going to be. Pretty interesting. Which is another um, foreshadow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, God had two sons, you know, and uh, second one got the firstborn blessing. <laughs> yeah, that happened quite quite often too. Yeah, Yeshua, you know, you got Adam and you got Yeshua. Yeah, and, yep. First and second Adam kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, the second one got the firstborn blessing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's Should I be worried that I was a firstborn in that case? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to split mine with my sisters. <laughs> you have some exceptions, like Shim. He was the firstborn, but yeah, he was the righteous boy. So there's some exceptions there. <laughs> but yeah, it is a lot, huh? Layman's worried about being the firstborn. I'm over here worried because I was born out of wedlock and it's talking about how anyone born out of wedlock is like, what is it like to like the 10th generation isn't allowed in. I'm like, what? Well, we're oh, way beyond 10 good. generations. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like the first generation of not being born within marriage. So, so I know people have some different views on this but this is the way i've seen it and, and this is something that just got pointed out to me with all these 
so even in the law is metaphors of, and shadows of things to come, right? Even when it comes to just marriage itself and honor your father and mother. So I had pointed out the other day that the New Jerusalem is called Mother Jerusalem. And, you know, Paul calls them that, the, uh, Isaiah and so on and so forth. Um, so if New Jerusalem's the mother and then the father is the father, then we still have a way to honor our father and mother. And then you pointed out something about being born out of wedlock when the New Jerusalem is called the bride. And I know some try to argue that the people are the bride, but hear me out. Um, New Jerusalem is the bride and um, Jesus gets married to that bride. So he's resurrected first. He spends time, you know, preparing the bride and what have you. And then we are born, quote unquote, into the bride, right? Into the mother, right? And which means that we're not born out of wedlock, which is, I don't know even though it's a metaphorical marriage and what have you, but it's just a way to show that even that is, you know, we're not like resurrected and then there's this city built later or something like that, you know, we're not born out of wedlock, we're born into a mother that's married. I followed all of that, just have to note that. I'm gonna have to write that, yep. <laughs> Usually my pregnant, well my, not pregnant anymore but like my mommy brain like can't stay focused on the thing but I followed all of that all the way to the end <laughs> I heard and I filed it Mike are you still awake Yeah, sorry, I had to step away. I had to go pee real quick. Hold on. Okay. All right. Let's get it back. So, uh, was Lana going to continue then, I guess? I'm Give me like 30 seconds. Okay. Can Mama share? Yeah. I just want to point out it's really peaceful here right now. I hear crickets chirping. There's some dogs barking over yonder, but it's very peaceful right now. <laughs> I'm on my back porch, and it's the same right here, though. So. I know it is not peaceful here. I am being bombarded with apple juice, apple juice, apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm listening to right now. <laughs> I can hear I can hear them outside actually. Just I'm in my house and I can hear them. I don't have anything else. <laughs> if I go outside, I will not be able to be a part of this. That's okay. why I'm sitting on the front porch. I am situated. You guys are ready to move on? Yep. Romans chapter 3. What advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? 
much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still, still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come? As we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace, they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all, who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by the law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. 
do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. And there's tons of footnotes. Whoa, you mean Paul was for Torah? Ah, sounds like it. He was. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> Got a bond. <laughs> anybody have any? Uh, want to start at the? Anybody have any comments? Start at the beginning and go through because there was a lot there to unpack. I was just gonna say, yeah, he's quoting Psalms and Isaiah like crazy, crazy right there. Where it starts yeah. from, it is written. He's just quoting all over the place. And I think he's referencing Ezekiel too. Where it talks about those who continue, like who turn from uh, unrighteousness to righteousness and continue in it. So, one of the first questions I had when I had read this, you know, when I came into the faith was. What does he mean by the oracles of God, right? When it says they were committed, the oracles of God, the house of Judah, you know? Um, did that have to do with the uh, the scepter shall not depart from them? Did it have to do with just the writings, right? The writings of Moses? Um, So the oracles. I think it might be the very words that he spoke from the mountain. The law, the Torah. That's I believe that's what it's referencing. Yeah, you're right. And that was spoken to all Israel, not just Judah. I was talking to everybody. Yeah, but at this time, who was left? Who who's who was he directly referring to while talking well, to Gentiles? Look, we well, still had you still had people that were uh, not all the tribes had disappeared. I mean, um, you had the Ben had the tribe of Benjamin was there with him. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure I'm talking in like you know. 40 AD, right? In the year 40 AD or 50 AD, who was pretty much left but the house of Judah, right? Who had kind of wasn't Ben and Simeon kind of assimilated into him? Yeah, Benjamin was. But I'm saying, you know, where he's going to all these places, like the like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She's from she's one of the 10 northern tribes. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, not not all people that lived outside were, I'm sure, were. Uh, it's like it's like today, I guess. What I'm trying to say, you have people that have been doing Torah all their lives. They've been following the commandments of God here in the United States. You know, and like, look at look at Tobit. Tobit was, you know, in a foreign land. He was he was doing it and. Um, I'm not sure. I forgot what tribe he's from. 
but I understand what you're saying. I think it was just basically to all Israel, like the oracles of God were given to, to Israel. Judah went away in captivity for seven years, but it came back. You know, the 10 northern tribes, they went away. Some of them did come back, though. Some of them did come back. Well, I, I, agree. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying completely, except for at the same time, at this point, we've got what's left of the house of Judah in comparison to the Greeks, right? The current, you know, Roman and Greek um, population. So whoever was remaining of Israel that's out there, like in Rome, would have been very minim minimal, right? And probably hiding or with the assembly, you know. I don't, I don't like, know that. Well, I mean. All, all I'm saying is it's this isn't a, uh, you know, it's not 50,000 people out there. This, this was no, like, no, no. I, it's I a very that. tiny number. And yeah, just like we are right now. He was just making a comparison. You've got your yeah. Jews, yeah. which is the Israel people, and then your Greeks, which is the the people he's trying to convert. So, exactly, just like you are right now, we're um, tiny people. And then right there, the very next verse: For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you believe or not. He's going to do what he's going to do, you know? Right. There's so much in here. Does anybody else have anything? I got, um, it says, for all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes everybody a sinner except one. And that's why we have to accept the free gift. You know, so, well, we don't have to. Some people don't. But, you know, the, he gave us the free gift of salvation if we choose to accept it. And that's where you justify. That's when you, you know, go on to your discipleship in sanctification. Amen. And part of that sanctification is learning your sin and repenting from it. And where do we learn our sin from? The Torah. You know, it's God's behavior, ultimately. Sin is the devil's behavior you know, righteousness and the law of God and Torah. I like to call it the instructions are, you know, you. Yahweh's behavior, instructions for living, for rights, for oh. right living. You know. I'm going to be muted for about five minutes just for prayers. I'll be right back. All right. I like and, to call the Torah uh, God's instruction manual for life. Yeah. What, what's, what did I, I learned this in church, um, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, you know, yeah, yeah. that's what it is, the whole thing. And when you can just put it all together and it makes sense instead of when you have contradictions, you're not reading it right. So we're all on that journey. We're all trying to figure out what this book is saying. And thank goodness that God has grown this group right here. And brought us family from abroad and put us all together so we got a lot of brains to figure this out so awesome what you just said is uh one of the main reasons that i clung to torah so much was and, and what you said was uh if if you find a contradiction then you're not reading it right there is no yeah. contradiction 
and no, you the think there's a contradiction, then you need to get that back and you need to reread it. Usually, if it's a contradiction, it's got the word uh, "traditions of men" written behind it. Yeah. Or doctrines of men. Yeah. Y- you know, and that's trying to explain some people on TikTok. You know, what light is, what the truth is, what righteousness is is the opposite of what unrighteousness, wickedness, you know, unbelief, unfaithful. And you trying to explain it to them and they're like, it's just Jesus. Just stop. It's just Jesus. And I'm like, okay, Jesus is the truth. I understand. He's the truth. And what did he practice? Righteousness. And if he's and you know, they're always saying that anybody I talk to are like, well, I'm led by the spirit. Well, if you're led by the spirit, then the spirit's going to lead you, lead you into all truth. And they say, yes. So how come, you know, what, 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 where's your, where's your truth at? Like, where's your, is your high priest leading you to all truth? Because it says that's his job as the king or the high priest. They're supposed to meditate on God's commandments day and night and teach him. So you can't be the king of Israel if you're not going to teach the commandments. If you're following Yeshua like he said for us to do, then uh, you're obviously going to be following Torah. And if not, then you're you're a liar when you say that you're following him. Yeah, it's, and it says the truth is not in you. One, yeah. one verse I quote all the time is like, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure or rest assured that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. That is an incredible statement. Like I, as one of my favorite verses, like it lets you know that if you repent and, you know, walk out the this, this sanctification process, if you practice righteousness, are you going to fail? Absolutely. Because you get back around a horse and you, you keep going because, you know, you're bought with his blood. You know, we're not quitters. And he'll he'll cleanse you eventually. He'll show you the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody gets to the Father but through him. So it goes you know. back to it goes back to uh, the tutor, the trainer. Yeah. You, know, you, you you have them training wheels on and you know, you, you might stumble here and there, but once you got it down pat, you take them training wheels off and you're riding that bike like nobody's business. That's right. You know, Moses was our tutor until the seed of promise should come. And now we have a high priest that doesn't have to cleanse himself. He's clean. He's he's rest assured that he is perfect. He's not going to lead us astray. So you look at him. You You look right at him. And most people don't understand what the word belief is or what it means to all you got to do is believe on the name of Jesus. Well, you have to believe on his name, his name, which is his, his authority that he came in um, with the authority from his father from Deuteronomy 18. You know, and he speaks as if the father is speaking. And he earned that authority through his, you know, his obedience to the father. Yeah. Same way, uh, I hate to say it, same way that you're going to be counted worthy. It was what we just read, would you be counted worthy? <laughs> you know, on that day of it. I was going to say, adding to that, uh, it's the same way that every other uh, leader of Israel, you know, going back in time, 
Abraham, it was counted unto him righteousness. He was given authority. Um, even down to Moses, you know, and then what happened when uh, he stopped following what, you know, was told to him when he struck the rock and said, you know, I've given you this water. That authority was taken from him. Yep. Ain't going in the land. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it, when it, when it says in, um, I think it's Revelation 20 that, you know, we'll be priests of God and of his Christ and reign with him for a thousand years. And you just said something that you'll be given the authority. So you're going to be priests. And it says right here in 66, Isaiah 66, some of them I will also take for priests and for Levi, the Lord. Right. And we're going to be that royal priesthood. That's the royal priesthood the future talks about. For sure. Somebody's blowing so far. I thought it was a dog. <laughs> I it was a metal chair yeah. or something scooting I got the show piece. I hear the show far going. Go. <laughs> Grab the AK. Uh, Somebody yeah. get this. Somebody get the go back. I got to keep going. Go ahead, or, uh, Channy. I just had two things. Um, like they were talking about, um, like Israel and the Jews and all the bloodline things. Um, so if we think about it, it's very simple. And the reason why Torah doesn't exclude anyone based on their bloodline is because we are all of the same bloodline because we all came from two people. So we're either the child that stayed at home, like the story of the prodigal son, or we're the one who went off. It's really simple if you just look at it like that. And that's why everybody can be included. And it doesn't matter who's of what tribe or anything like that, you know, because he's going to sort all that out when he gets back. He'll put you where you got to go. Um, and then the other thing, I was just thinking about it because um, I think it was Jimmy said something about him being our high priest. Um, and I thought about this because um, I had a question about John the Baptist. Like, does scripture ever say that he like sinned or anything? Mm. And then to go off of that, like, wouldn't it just be really cool if he's the high priest in the kingdom because it was taken from him while he was here? Because he's cool. the rightful, like, high priest, but because it was corrupt, he wasn't. That's the reason he wasn't in the temple and everything. That's why he was out in the wilderness because of the corrupt priesthood. I think he'll be a Levite. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he was already a Levite. Yeah. Like, the Levites. I'm saying, wouldn't it be cool if he if he serves as the high priest in the kingdom because it was taken away from him, and he wasn't able to do that while he was here. The Levites will be chosen from the survivor surviving people and the the ones who are resurrected into the priesthood for the millennial reign will be of the Melchizedek priesthood. So there'll be a mortal and an immortal priesthood. Uh -huh those to serve to those who are outside of the new Jerusalem. That's right. They'll mediate between them going into the new Jerusalem and then we'll mediate between them and the father. And yeah, there's a huge hierarchy of things, right? 
the ones that the ones that are immortal uh is from ezekiel 44 15 where it says but the priests the levites the sons of zadok that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of israel went astray from me they shall come near to me and minister unto me and they shall stand before me and offer unto me the fat and the blood saith the lord because the zadok they were like the most loyal ones right you know and then then the priesthood became corrupted so. Yeah, Zadok means righteous as well, ironically. That's Zaduk, Zaduk. Melchizedek. Zadok is actually the word Melchizedek. Yeah. The only other right. thing I'd like to point out is that, um, oh crap, why did it just go away from my brain? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was getting ready to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ow. Um, well, I guess never mind until it comes back. Hey, you guys, I gotta, I gotta jump off of here. I'm about to do something. So, um, I just want to tell everybody shalom and, and um, I love everybody here and I'm looking forward to Saturday. Love you, Dad. So, love you too. Love you. <laughs> and, uh, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Shalom. I'll talk to y'all uh, here on the Discord. I'm not very good at doing that, but see you later, Jimmy. All right, love you guys. Love you, love you, love you Dave. Uh, good night. Night. Um, I'm just like y'all know. I'm kind of here. I'm, I'm. Uh, very He's tired. exhausted, and he needs to make someone else a mod. So <laughs> I'm gonna let someone else be a mod. <laughs> um, because I am extremely tired. Get some rest, brother. Because so, I have a. Uh, work really hard this week so um dustin or Janie or uh, any y'all want to be mod i can if you want okay i'll make you help dustin can handle it dustin oh okay oh i think i already gave it to Janie. Yeah, you gave it to me. It's fine. I said I would assist. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hand, we'll probably keep up. We'll be listening. But um, yeah. I'm about to put babies to bed. So, yeah, y'all. Love you, Micah. Good night. Yeah, love you. Okay, I'll probably end up passing out here soon. Oh, he's already been asleep for the past half. Hour. I, I've been dozing in. I'm like, man. <laughs> I had to wake him up because I was like, Jenny's had her hand up for like ten minutes. And I'm so upset too because I'm like, I love this. This is like one stay I've really been looking forward to. So, man, work's been kicking my butt, though. We totally understand. It's all so. right. All right, y'all carry on. Love you, Micah. Love y'all, too. Did we finish three? Add gone. We can party. No, I'm just like... <laughs> I just wanted to add something that occurred to me maybe five minutes ago, six, ten minutes ago, because we're talking about the circumcised or the uncircumcised the, the Jew or the Greek uh, it made me think of Ezekiel 37 with the two sticks and one for the tribe of Judah and one for the Ephraim who I see as the northern tribes that got assimilated into you know that culture and became what were you know the nations so essentially the Greeks that were being brought in could have been you know what I mean 
from Ephraim for all spiritually intensive purposes. Right. What do you guys think about that? I missed it. I was a, attending children. Um, right, so since day one, everyone's been God's people, but people decided to walk away. So obviously the son that stayed at home was the son that he carried on dealing with because the son stayed at home. Um, but at the same time, I say, okay, so let's look at, say, Egypt. When they come out of Egypt, they came up with a mixed multitude. That mixed multitude was also called Israel whilst being given the, the Torah. They were classed as Israel whilst being given the Torah. Um, and then, <clears throat> sorry, in Isaiah, we have several, there's several times actually, my brain's not quite working right now, but there's several times in several different books where God says he will bring his people back to him and others that are not from the same sheepfold, I think is the actual word, but don't ask me to quote that right now because my brain is not working. Um, but um, then obviously the 10 tribes disappeared or didn't disappear, but just did one for a little bit and then went into captivity and then kind of got lost and everything else. But the promise was to always restore them and the two sticks, yes, get make it made into one stick. But whether you were housing with Judah and following God that way or housing with one of the other tribes and following God that way, you are God's people. You would just, that's just what it is. He calls whoever he calls to himself. And it always has been, but I agree that the lost 10 tribes will include or what I like to call them, collective nation Ephraim, will include all of the Gentiles that have been grafted in. But to be completely fair, I am of, I now am of the mind frame. I wonder how interbred everybody is within 10 within the 10 tribes so it would almost be like to a degree i wonder how much like it's almost like everyone's got a bit of something everyone <laughs> worldwide yeah. um but as i said like it's been enough time potentially for that to have happened um but no, I do believe that the Gentile nations that will be grafted in will be grafted in through Eph or collective nation Ephraim. But then again, there's so many that go through Judah. Like, and I understand we've been grafted in through Judah, but Ephraim we've grafted back in. Like they were divorced. Completely, completely divorced was the Northern Kingdom. In which case, obviously, the death of Messiah would have allowed for a remarriage. But, yeah, no, so I, you, I agree. Go on, sorry. No, no, I was just going to add to what you said. So you you think that you're, you're, as far as the two sticks, you're on the side of Judah? 
I kind of um, thought we were on the side of Ephraim from I the Northern think, tribes, from the nations. Yeah, I think you know it's come to the point of I don't not it's come to the point of but I think Ephraim the whole of Ephraim gets grafted in via Judah because of Messiah. But at the same time, there is no Jew and there is no Greek. Doesn't mean that you're not nationally or hereditary who you actually are. But at the same time, there's no differentiate, no differentiation. I can't say that word. Um, all the way through the Psalms, it's continuously God saying he shows no partiality. In which case, like, we've got back to the point there is no Jew and no Greek. Right. Why would there be partiality regardless of that? I do. Yeah, I think Ephraim's been collected in and adopted through Judah, regardless if they were natural born or not. Everyone's one in Israel and one in God. God's name will be one. Hey ho. I love it how, like, I don't know, circular the nature of God is, I suppose. I guess I haven't, I, <clears throat> sorry. I guess I haven't thought of that as happening yet. Like the two sticks haven't happened yet. Judah is still Judah over there. And we, this is just my take on it. And we mm -hmm. are all of, you know, Ephraim, the remnant, the chosen, the elect, whatever you want to call it, that he's waking up. And then when he comes I'm back. I came from that, Judah, though. What was that? I said our Messiah came from Judah. So, yes, Israel. And we are all collective nation Israel as in God's chosen people because Jacob wasn't even called Israel really. God decided to name him Israel. So like Israel is a is a spiritual nation. No, I get that. What I'm saying is if we're all go through the house of Judah because of Messiah, then why bother having the stick of Ephraim? Because there only is only one way to the Father, and that's through Messiah. Because they so the I, lost feet. I see it as we're Ephraim, Judah's Judah over there, and we get joined by Messiah, and we all become Israel as one nation of Israel under Messiah. That's how I, I think, see it. But I, I think it goes back to. Gone. I think it goes back to the two house split. You know, you had uh, Judah, which was what Judah and Benjamin, and then uh, Israel, which was everybody else. It goes back to the two house split. <clears throat> You're still Israel. Yeah. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. What I meant. Okay. The problem is you got to define the terms because there's Israel, the 10 tribes called themselves the house of Israel as a opposed to the house of Judah, but then there's also Israel, the father's peculiar people, his, his tribe of everyone. That's the Israel right. I'm talking about is everyone combined. So you is know? going back to <clears throat> defining terms, what does Israel mean? Israel means the children of God. Israel means he who wrestles with God. And I think that is such an apt term that every single one of us that come to the conclusion we need to be following God 
end up in a proper wrestle with our flesh and with God. And it is a battle for the rest of our lives. Okay. Until redemption, we become Israel. And that's why I say the children of God, because his children are the ones that abide in him. And if we're wrestling with him, we're abiding in him, right? It's all the same. Yeah. I have a question. Jacob was like, I'm not letting you go until you give me a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question. Better do. Go on. All right. So, who? So, I know, like, what the. My mouth isn't working. What Lyman was saying, there were 10 tribes that were the northern tribes, and then the two southern tribes that were. Which ones were Israel, the 10 or the two? 10. 10. Ten. Okay. And then the bottom two were? Benjamin and Judah. Judah, or Judah. Okay. So which tribes made up the Judah? Benjamin and Judah. Yep. And Levi. Oh, yeah. Uh, Half tribe. Okay. So interesting. The, the oldest, right? Because Judah's the oldest. And Benjamin's yeah. the youngest. And those two oh. made a tribe. Like those two tribes were the off by themselves. Interesting. I thought Reuben was the oldest. Reuben is the yeah. oldest. Oh, Reuben is? Reuben's okay. Never mind. Born. My whole theory went to poo then. Um, I'm pretty sure that Reuben and Simeon lost the birthright, so and Levi had his usurped <laughs> purely for the priesthood purposes. Obviously, he got a good yeah. blessing and a good deal out of it. But he lost his actual birthright because he gained the priesthood. Yeah. So yeah, it would come down to Judah. Okay, sounds right. Ha ha. No, just <laughs> 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 it's all semantics. <laughs> Is there so any real love pulling apart? Firstborn and secondborn in the Bible, really? Because so <clears throat> someone's always messing up and. <laughs> It's everyone's fault. Maybe I'm just trying to clarify. Go on. I would just say, maybe I'm just trying to clarify, you know, with you guys, Ezekiel 37, starting at verse 15. Yep. What does that say? Here, I'll read it. <laughs> like, I am not a computer. Has it, right. Okay, has anybody put the two, a completely different subject, has anybody put the two sticks to the two witnesses yet? Because that's a really cool one pack. Mm-hmm. See, me and Jimmy were talking about like we think that the two witnesses are like, yeah, like like the two tribes, like or the two kingdoms, like the people, like who. There's so much to that, Jimmy. Like, so, yeah, so like, much. Like we were talking that. about it. We never like went like deep into it, but like we were like, hey, like we think this, but we haven't yeah. delved. I don't know how deep Jimmy's delved into it. <clears throat> I haven't got a chance. Oh, to, like, really delve I'm waiting to hear what you. Uh... Okay. <clears throat> okay. We got to keep in mind there's Israel, the children of Israel, and then there's like the house of Israel. And then, you know, so there's, it can get confusing unless you, you stick to what, you know. Okay. So, verse 16 As for you, son of a man, take a stick for yourself and write on it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. 
then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and then join them one to another for yourself unto one stick, and they will become one in your hand. And when the children of your people speak to you, saying, will you not show us what you mean by these? Say to them, thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will join them with it, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. And the sticks on which you write will be in your hand before their eyes. Then say to them, thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountain of Israel, and one king shall be over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. And then it goes on to you know, not filing and so forth. So I see that as Judah being the Jews, the house, you know, Judea is the house of Judah, right? Yeah. And us, the house of Ephraim, we are the nations, we are the Gentiles mm-hmm. that have come in or the, the remnant woke up, whatever you want to call it. So that's how I see us is these two sticks and we're going to be joined, you know, like Paul says, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. It's almost like he's referring to after those sticks are joined, they're just all one. They're Israel, the tribe of Israel, not the house of Israel or Judah. They're Israel, God's children. You know? That's already started at this moment in time. That's available. It will be finalized yeah. eventually, but at the moment that's available. And which, and that has been available. Um, you guys may have this memorized, but which scripture refers to Judah will not um, harass Ephraim, and Ephraim will not envy Judah. Hmm. It's scripture. I don't know where it's at, but it's there. It's in there somewhere. I read it at some point. <laughs> don't know I don't where. I haven't memorized either. Apparently, I Isaiah eleven thirteen. I'm not sure. I've just Googled it because I love a bit of Google sometimes. Is that what y'all do? Is that what people do? They just sit around and Google these Bible verses and they like rattle them off and make us people think that y'all have all the Bible memories. (laughs) No, but if I don't know it, it's a good place to go because that's where the answer would be. There you go. Google. Am I the only one who remembers Ask Jeeves? Oh, I remember as Jeeves. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I also remember Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, well. I was telling my kids about LimeWire the other day. And then like, I'm stupid. How about Napster? I remember Napster. <laughs> viruses. So many viruses. <laughs> oh, so old. Can I throw my two cents out there? Go on. No, it's four cents because of inflation. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Um, to me, this whole thing with the, the two rods is simply just 
the one nation at the resurrection. Yeah. I mean, you can try to apply it this way and that way, but for me, it's just talking about one thing and then that's just the resurrection. And you might consider the stick of Judah, those who are resurrected in the kingdom and Ephraim, those who are, you know, make it past the sheep and goats judgment who are outside the kingdom, but it's still one nation. Under and, then, and then at the end of that thousand years, everyone who's to re be resurrected is resurrected and that's all you have is those who are resurrected and again you know still one nation and just those two sticks come together and you have one forever so you only have the children of israel which is the children of new jerusalem the resurrected israel is the new jerusalem who did so yahweh didn't split them they split themselves right they split themselves um well well Basically, he said about basically if Solomon couldn't sort his life out, he was yeah. um, going to he wouldn't lose the kingdoms, but um, he wouldn't lose part of the kingdom. His son would, though. And then Rehoboam went and uh, decided he was going to listen to his friends rather than the elders. And uh, yeah, things went tits up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh. English like English stuff is so much cooler than American stuff. That's a lot of it. I agree. Yes. <laughs> it sounds rednecky. Even though it's English. I just I love it. Yeah, that's cool. I like the fact you appreciate my accent because I know. I wish I had that flavor. Your flavor is awesome. Love it. Love it. <laughs> love it back. That love scripture it. is um, make it hard not to covet your your beautiful voice. <laughs> I bloody love you. You guys hear me? Yeah, man. Okay. It's chapter Isaiah eleven. This whole chapter. This is from his reigning, not right now.